and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And for this special episode, we have some special guests. And Nancy, why don't you introduce our special guests? This week, we are sharing the microphone with another brother-sister movie podcast, Laughing at Ourselves with Zach and Haley. Say hello, guys. guys. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) Why don't um, you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast? We're really excited to have you guys on. Super excited to be here. Haley, you want to talk about it? Yes, we are another sibling podcast that likes to talk about movies. Um, Each month we pick out a theme. It could be anything from uh, coming of age movies to horror movies. And we each pick a movie each week and discuss or defend it. And it's been fun. I don't think we've had a battleground episode yet. I think we've usually... Mm -hmm. 500 uh, Days of Summer was close. It was. (laughs) That might be on our list at some point. (laughs) But yeah, thanks so much for having us on. We're super excited to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you on. And um, I just think that getting to meet people online and getting to share our experiences and share this opportunity, you know, everything that we are learning about this whole podcasting experience is kind of fun. And, you know, Nancy and I, when we started this, we never thought that we were ever going to be original at doing this. And um, it's been great meeting you guys and, you know, getting to know that there are other siblings that like to talk to each other, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) How long has your podcast been on the air? September, middle of September. Started middle of September. Oh, wow. Yeah, doing a bunch through October, doing horror movies, but I think we did like a big group in the middle of September and just every week we record. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. So everyone, and how can people find you to listen to your podcast? We're on a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different services. I, uh, we upload through anchor. And so they distribute out by know we're on Spotify and podcast, um, Apple podcasts, Haley, or I don't, I know you, you upload to anchor. Are there any other big ones? Oh, there's a lot. There is Google Podcasts. There's Podbean. There's, I don't know. I could go on. Your part. So anyone can go anywhere and just search for you guys. And then you are, um, if they want to get updates on when shows are going to be going to be on or any fun things that you guys are posting, can they find you online on like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that? Yes. Please follow us at us laughing at us. We um, post Monday mornings, and yeah, we're excited to be on. Do you have anything to add, Zach? No, I Haley runs the Instagram. I just kind of follow along, and then I occasionally update the Twitter because I, I I doom scroll Twitter a lot, and sometimes <laughs> I switch over to the laughing at ourselves one and just <laughs> post something about movies. But usually, it's me on Twitter just hate scrolling so okay it's hilarious on twitter i I promise not to do this to you guys but i'm gonna do it anyway because that's just how i roll um (laughs) if you were to just like quickly like someone asked you what is your favorite movie like what is the first thing that comes off the top of your head 
Jazz. Awesome. Lars and the real girl. Lars and the real girl. I am very impressed. So I know Nancy's favorite movie. Is it still When Harry Met Sally? I think so. It's yeah. I've probably seen it more than any other movie at this point. Um, I have it scheduled to watch on a New Year's Eve. It's one I usually oh, watch. Yes. Right here. So yeah. What about you, Matt? I I will always be a Star Wars geek. So it's just easy for me to just always default to the original Star Wars film. Um, it was the first thing I remember seeing on on VHS. It's so it's it's will always be like the one, and that's why we when we started this whole show, I had to talk about Star Wars. So, and then we talked about it again later because I Nancy wanted to talk about the sequel trilogy and. I got very heated in talking about that. <laughs> do, do you guys, where do you guys stand on the sequel trilogy? I like, I, I stand very much different than a lot of other fans. I, I really like The Last Jedi because I thought it was different than everything else. And I really was disappointed with Rise of Skywalker in general. So I, okay, we can be friends. Oh, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> I uh, we, we could we could you and I can talk about that on a whole other episode some other time, Zach. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. My biggest surprise rewatching um, the sequels back in December was that uh, Kylo Ren ended up being my favorite character. It was <laughs> I was not expecting that, but I decided, you know he was just the most interesting i mean with all of his whininess and everything he's still he was a lot of fun poe dameron though that's a whole nother story i can't stand him i i can go on really? and on about how much i hate poe dameron <laughs> matt's heard that plenty and if you guys have listened to that episode you probably heard it too so <laughs> check it out well now that we've kind of established things i want to talk about a movie that is really near and dear to my heart i thought it was really appropriate for this because we met via social media so why not watch a movie that has social media kind of as like the basis of the main point of it in some in some ways or the, the one of the big themes so i want to talk about the social network the social network came out in 2010 and stars jesse eisenberg and Andrew Garfield and Justin Timberlake and Army Hammer. And I want to give Army Hammer a lot of credit because he had to do twice as much work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is directed by probably, probably my favorite director, David Venture. Or, one, you know, he's in the top three probably for me. And was written by Aaron Sorkin and is based on a book called The Accidental Billionaires, which I haven't read because, as I've said many times on this show, I never read. <laughs> so, um, and what is this movie about? It's about, called The Social Network. Well, it, it, it's kind of interesting because most people, including our dad, who we still have not convinced to watch this movie, thinks that this movie is about the making of Facebook. And I would like to argue that it's not about the making of Facebook. It has that as the background, but I would say it really is about 
how people socialize. And it's really kind of a, a really kind of interesting look at how people interacted face-to-face and how people would have relationships via business and how that has all kind of changed. You know, it's, in, it's an interesting turning point, you know, for how things have changed compared to now. It starts off with um, Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg and in Hart at Harvard in 2003. And we really just kind of see the development of Facebook from idea whether it was his original idea or not, (laughs) Um, all the way up until it becomes a business and gets its first real push of um, money from um, an investor. And then it just kind of takes off from there. And then the other really great thing about this movie is throughout the movie, it's kind of being retold while he's being, while he's in litigation against people who are suing him. So there's all these different aspects of it. But to me, the real core theme of this movie is just socializing and how you can like how you treat your friends and how business can interfere with your friendships and who can manipulate you and into thinking certain ways and doing certain things. So that's kind of my spiel about the general theme of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are lots of things I love about this movie. I love the direction in it. I think the dialogue is great. I think Aaron Sorkin does a great job with this movie. The acting is really good. And I would say it's probably like a dramatization of the real events that happened. I don't think no one should watch this as it, like it's a documentary. Everyone should really stress that it is a, a, uh, a dramatization of actual events just to tell a story and not, yes, there are factual things that happened in it. And then some of the names are real, but I would never tell people, Oh, you want to learn about Facebook, go watch the social network. So anyway, I I read that Mark Zuckerberg initially didn't want to see the movie, but when he did see it, his like first comment was, well, I mean, at least they got the clothes, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah his his hoodie and his fuck you flip-flops <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh i saw this movie for the first time when it came out in the theater um on my first anniversary we went to dinner and saw this movie and then every time like it was on hbo um i would just stop i would stop at this movie and um, so I've probably seen it at, you know, in full or in pieces, probably like 30 times, just because if it was on, oh. I was just like, oh, social networks on and I could recite whole scenes to you. So, <laughs> And you guys, I don't know if you've, you're, you know us well enough to know, but this is a habit that Matt has. He was a, <laughs> he'll flip on the channel and if a movie's halfway through or started, he'll just start watching it. He's not a purist that has to like, Oh, I want to watch that. Let me go find it somewhere and start it from the beginning. He'll just catch it wherever he can and sees pieces of movies all the time. Unless it's on and like, multiple times, unless it's on cable <laughs> and there's commercials and then I'll just put it on, 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 yeah. this, on streaming or on the DVD. So sure. But uh, yeah, I just really like this movie and there's so many different things about it that, 
I find entertaining. So let's discuss. When was the first time you saw this, Nancy? I think I saw it in the theater, but I don't think I've seen it since then. Um, I remember really liking it when it came out, but I hadn't, I don't think I'd rewatched it until this week. And I feel the experience experience of watching it like almost 10 years later is really different than watching it the first time. And I think because when I first saw this, I'd only been on Facebook for maybe a year and a half, maybe not even that long. I'm still very active on Facebook. I use it all the time. I've made many friends through Facebook. Lots of our family, we've reconnected through Facebook. So I'm, you know, I'm a very avid Facebook user now. So understanding how into like ingrained Facebook has become into my life and watching a movie about the guy who created it and also realizing what a petty asshole he is and how <laughs> his pettiness and his jealousy is what really drove a lot of his actions is really is really interesting i mean so so again i haven't seen it in almost 10 years so it, in some ways it kind of felt like watching it for the first time um also because of the whole business angle of the movie, um, him trying to build Facebook into a business, and now I have 10 more years of work experience in my life. Um, but also having the experience, um, Matt and his wife and I actually all worked at a company together for about five years, and that company was funded by VCs. So kind of remembering what it was like to work at a company that never really made a profit, but was around for a long time. I worked there eight years. Um, but remembering the feelings of, you know, watching the owners or the CEOs having to butter up investors and just that whole process and thinking about that with this movie, it was just a really interesting experience. And um, really seeing the different pulls that he had in his life, you know, here you have um, Eduardo being, like he said, his only friend, him being like a little angel on his shoulder. And then you have like the evil devil, Sean Parker on the other shoulder, trying to <laughs> pull Mark Zuckerberg into probably where Mark Zuckerberg was going to ultimately land, but maybe gave him like the Disney fast pass to get there a lot faster. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Eduardo, I think really tried to preserve as much of Mark's humanity as he could, but Mark really just wasn't interested. He wanted popularity. He wanted, he wanted the Phoenix club. God damn it. And you know, he just had, he lost all sense of morality in the, in this quest to become this internet badass i don't know i don't know what else to call him but it it CEO. i felt kind of gross watching this movie actually like watching how nasty mark oh, me was. too thank you like it just <laughs> i mean from the very beginning like he was so arrogant and thinking how much better he was than everyone around him i mean from the fact that he treats his soon to be very ex-girlfriend who for a second I couldn't remember that was Runa Mori I was like that's not Natalie Portman right like I couldn't re I couldn't get that straight I had to look that up but when she when he tries to say you don't need to study whatever you just go to Boston University and just so demeaning so rude and said we only get into this bar because you were sleeping with the doorman like what you know he's just such an asshole and like she said you're gonna think no one likes you because you're a big nerd 
but it's because you're an asshole. That's why you have no friends. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. they set this up in the first 10 minutes and continue to prove it through the whole rest of the movie. So anyways, but I really enjoyed watching it. <laughs> Even yeah. though it made me feel kind of gross seeing how nasty he was. Like, again, like what Matt was saying about David Fincher just being amazing. Um I think the movie's really well done. Um, I'm surprised Matt didn't even mention this, but, you know, the music is excellent. You know, Trent Reznor with the score did an excellent job. Won an Oscar. Uh, yeah. Oh. Did won an Oscar. That's right. This movie was nominated for everything. Um, I think that might have been the only, it might have been the only Oscar it won, so. It didn't win for script. I thought maybe you've won, won for screenplay. I could be wrong. But it was nominated for all sorts of stuff. But anyways, it was, I really enjoyed rewatching it and having all these years since I last saw it, just so I could have such a different perspective. And um, yeah, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg's such an asshole. <laughs> I think, I think also, as, portray, as portrayed in this movie, but let's be real. Come on. Well, as you, I mean, he, he has been, he's had his name in the news a lot more for like the last five or so years. And uh you know, especially, you know, us being here in the Bay Area, you know, mm-hmm. you hear about it a lot more. And I mean, they, he donated a bunch of money and got a hospital named after him in San Francisco, oh, which wow. they, which they then asked that they take his name off of it for a while, you know, because wow. of, uh, just because of things he had done that people in the, in the city did not agree with. So it was like, can we take his name off the side of that <laughs> hospital? And, <laughs> I'm sure that none of that changed, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. What about, um, you Haley, when did you just, was the first time you saw this? I think I saw this my freshman year of high school and I think it was at at the movie theater with our family. Um, I remember not really liking it and I was scared about watching it, but I'm glad I rewatched it because I like it. I think it's good. The ending, I know this is going to sound weird, but the ending of it redeems itself. Like it gives him like, it humanizes Zuckerberg in a way. And I really liked that part. Just like the ending is just, me and Zach always say chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, I mean the ending where he just keeps refreshing to see it. Yes. Oh. Girlfriend that he completely humiliated finally accepted his friend request yes (laughs) well well, and it and like that opening scene to me really sets up the entire movie like Mm -hmm. that opening bar scene seeing how he is reacting to her and he's basically laying out like i want to be popular i want to be in this club i think that it'll help other people be popular with me And I want to feel established because hell one person, you know, a Roosevelt became the president because he was in the porcelain, you know, he goes on and on and on. And that 10 minute scene really kind of sets up like, okay, everything that happens after this is all because of that 10 minute scene. We are, we are basically Mm going to tell you in this 10 minutes, what you're about to watch now, watch it happen. And even to the point where his relationship with her and how that gets, how he basically just by talking dismantles that whole entire relationship with his girlfriend 
that's how the friendship goes. I mean, everything that happens is kind of summed up in that little, that little, that little section there. And um, I just think that, that that's just brilliant, you know, how they do mm-hmm. that. And that's I know a- we're going to get into like favorite scenes later, but spoilers, that opening 10 minutes, that's my favorite scene in the entire mm. movie. That is like also it. my, that's also my wife's favorite scene. She loves I, this movie uh, and she agrees. Yeah. It's just, that is a perfect just introduction to every facet of this movie. And I'll, I'll get into it more later. I just, I love that scene so much. You can talk about it now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I, I'll have plenty more to say. later. <laughs> um, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. Um, I don't believe I saw it in theaters because Haley, I don't think I saw it with you, did I? I don't know. I don't remember when we watched it. I think we all watched it on demand. I can't remember anymore. I remember. I feel like I, was, I yeah. I feel like I avoided this movie while it was in theaters because it was the Facebook movie, and I was like, "Who who the fuck wants to watch a movie about a social networking site that?" Yeah. In 2010, I was starting to get tired of. Like, yeah. You know, just I, I didn't. You know, I was starting to get weary of of using Facebook, and I've come back and forth with Facebook, but I, that was me in my like edgy college phase of I'm above using this <laughs> social networking app that everybody else uses. So I'm in the um, Phoenix Club, goddammit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well Facebook so, Facebook at that time was the easiest club to get into. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need an Harvard.edu to get in. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember the feeling of watching the movie and like when it was done thinking, oh shit, that was actually a really good movie. And then I've, I've watched it, I think every couple of years. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been out for 10 years and I just occasionally I'll catch like a clip of it on YouTube and go, oh, I, I need to watch that movie again. So. Yeah. And Has your experience of watching it changed over time? I think so. I think, I mean, especially within the last four years, you know, with uh, after 2016, um, with how Facebook has kind of changed just like not only social dynamics, but society at large, mm-hmm. you know, with Russian bots, I, <laughs> Russian bots. Well, cause I, I, I remember after the, the 2016 election, I had to, deactivate my Facebook because yes. I was getting into so many political arguments and I, yeah. I was so upset and Haley can probably attest to this. Like, I think I was annoying my family members because I, I had such a strong reaction to the 2016 election that I had to process it. And that yeah. was the only way I knew how, and it was becoming unhealthy. So I just said, I'm done. And after I did that, I watched this this movie again. I was like, this is just weird that this thing that started as a college dating site sort of has turned into this, uh, what do you even call it, what it is now? So I actually got, I had my Facebook, I want to say I had it in sixth grade 
and I had a MySpace. You guys remember MySpace? Yes. I had a MySpace. <laughs> I had oh MySpace. And I had, I a, had Friendster a Friendster account. <laughs> I had a Friendster, which I never went on. Because uh-huh. cause like soon after that, MySpace had gotten big. I had a MySpace, which I had like hacked the code and decked out to be all different colors and everything like that. Yes. And then the perfect profile song too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I like because I was in because I was in art school and I was in I was into graphics. I was like doing all these weird things to my to my MySpace page, and and now Tom doesn't have any friends. Um, (laughs) But um, and then I was and then I was on Facebook, and it kind of started out where I was I was kind of like you, Zach, where I was like, ugh another thing of social media and everything like that. And, but like Nancy, we ended up because of Facebook ended up reconnecting with a lot of people in ways that um, we probably never would have because they either, they were either family that lived across the country or friends that we just had lost. We didn't even know how to contact them. And then it was all of a sudden you find them and, you end up having relationships with them. Yeah, my my 10-year high school reunion, which was in 2004, was planned, like totally planned, like through an Evite. But by 2014, it was all planned on Facebook. If you didn't have Facebook and you weren't part of our 20-year high school reunion group, you weren't going to know about it. Like you had to at least know somebody who was attached to that group to even know Oh yeah, they're getting together. Oh yeah, like buy tickets and stuff. And yeah, I mean that's how that's how much it's kind of driven different activities um, that I've been a part of. Yours is yours is probably like that too, wasn't it, Matt? My tenure high school reunion was very like yours. Like I think that people found out about it because of Facebook, and then it was like email this person and you'll mm-hmm. you'll get your information about it when my 20 year came around um almost no one went to it and then i was asking i was asking a co-worker who was like four or five years younger than me about his his 10-year reunion They're like oh we didn't even have one because everyone knows everybody's on facebook so everyone knows what's happening with everybody <laughs> there was no there was no need to even have one so mm-hmm. so makes sense I actually got grounded from Facebook. Yeah. So I had a MySpace and for some reason, my parents found out I had a Facebook and that was just not okay. Facebook, I got grounded. And two years later, they got on and they have never gotten off or off online. (laughs) Am I right, Zach? (laughs) Yep. It's, I think it's funny is they talk about that a lot in the movie like when um when we first meet sean parker and he's with uh dakota johnson in in Stan- at stanford yeah and, that was and crazy. she talks about she's like oh yeah we've had it for like two weeks now it's really addicting well yeah because <laughs> 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 spent hours and hours and hours on there and and then uh there's a really there's there's the scene near the end of the movie when they've hit the million the the million um user mark and sean goes to the to the sorority part the frat party 
and he's all and he's all like hopped up on drugs and he's going on this diatribe about and he says like we used to live in in caves and villages and now we'll live our lives on the internet and at that time you were like that's stupid whatever and now i mean yep (laughs) that's where we're at how are we having this conversation right now (laughs) pigeons it's all done with pigeons i mean we're we're not even in the same time zone right now oh yeah i think that this movie has a lot going for it in a lot of ways we talked about a little bit about the music in which i will admit was a driving force for me to go see this movie um i've always liked nine inch nails and what trent reznor has done musically so when i heard that he was scoring a movie and it was david fincher i was like i have to see this movie and that's out. And the soundtrack to this movie is something I'll put on like in the background at work. <laughs> Cause there's certain songs that have like this, this like, Ooh, I'm, I, I feel like working right now. So I start working. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then some of the performances in this movie, just, this was like Jesse Eisenberg had done some other work before, but I think this movie, I mean, he got nominated for best actor for this movie so this movie really kind of launched him i think was it zombie land came out like soon after this probably and really mm-hmm. kind of launched him and it's funny i haven't really seen a lot of big name movies of his lately come out i think he's been doing smaller stuff lately i think mm-hmm. but but then but he also made the the poor decision to be play lex luther in a in a in a superman movie so i've heard yeah. it's horrible i haven't watched it I don't think I will. Save yourself. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and, um, uh, go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to say, you know, I think another kind of striking thing about this movie is it's never boring. No. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the pace of the movie is really good. And even though, yeah, you're like watching a guy code a site or write in his blog or, you know, kind of maneuver around like, oh, how can I make this a bigger site? Even though you're watching that kind of stuff, it's actually, it's, it's really good. And the, I mean, and I think like what Matt was saying earlier, well, yes, the basic premise of this movie is what is the origin story of Facebook? How did it come around? But really, like he said, it is about all of the relationships that Mark Zuckerberg has and destroys um, to get there. I remember um, the movie poster says, you know, to get 500 million friends, you're going to make a lot of enemies along the way. And I mean, I think it's really good. I mean, you know, to to have a portrayal of someone that ends up being um, so unflattering. I mean, I don't know anyone walking away from this movie that thinks Mark Zuckerberg is awesome. I mean, no. is it possible? Fair. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I, but no, I, think I, I mean, people that were like him might think he's awesome. Like, like she, she even uh, Erica, you know, talks about like it's easy to hide behind your keyboard and like you're. She's basically talking about like an early form of internet trolls. You know, there's probably people out there that might think he's he's great. Doesn't Johnny Lawrence make that comment in Cobra Kai recently about how easy it is to hide behind your keyboard? Yeah, yeah. In my day, Sorry. when I wanted to I bully somebody, I did it show. to their face. <laughs> yeah. I just watched that whole show in like two days recently. Um, I've heard that's very good. Oh, uh, if you liked Karate Kid at all, you have to watch Cobra Kai. It's amazing. It's such a perfect continuation of the story. 
Um, but I, you know, you guys were touching on the opening scene being one of the best scenes. I have like three other very distinct scenes. Wait, four that I think are just amazing. Like the, the whole scene of him building the site, like the face mash site, that whole yeah. 10 minute sequence is awesome. The two scenes with Sean Parker, like the introduction at the restaurant where Eduardo is just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, the why is he here? The Seanathon. <laughs> and then later when it was just Sean and Mark at the club in San Francisco, like those two scenes I kind of feel are really similar. Um, but then the montage towards the end where Eduardo is explaining how they totally fucked him over and diluted all his stock. Like that whole, like the momentum of it just building and building. I'm like, oh my God, like I know where this is going. He's going to get like 85 bucks out of this. Like he put in all this money and was supposed to be a 30% owner and they diluted his shit down to like nothing. Like that whole sequence, I was like, oh, because I don't know how any, I'm just going to, I'm just going to spoil this right now. I don't know how anybody walks away from this movie and doesn't love Eduardo the most. Like, yeah. he's oh, my he's the character. best character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All of I, us? Agree it? Eduardo's the best? <clears throat> well, I had Ann Perkins. I'm going to call her that. Parks and Rec. Ann Perkins. My favorite show. <laughs> I, I, I found it really, I found it really interesting when to see Rashida Jones in in this. Like I, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know her from. I I didn't watch Parks and Rec when it was on, and I had, I had seen her in a couple things, and 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 because she was on The Office too. And when I saw her in this, I was like, man, she is really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, and and I love when she puts him in his place at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. About he was going asking her out on a date, right? Huh? Like, are we all? Wasn't he asking her out? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I can't. (laughs) Sorry. In his awkward way, he was. And and the whole, like, how she explained, like, like, you don't want to go to court over this because you will be, you will lose because of who you are and your personality. And if you just pay the fine, regardless of how big it is, it's a speeding ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole line is so good. Well, it's so cool how how calculating she is. She, I, I think she describes that she can read people, and so I think she talks to him like he would talk to other people. It's just like laying out the bullshit, you know, put away the bullshit. This is just how it has to be, and I think he respects it and just, cool, whatever. So it is just parking ticket for me because he's the CEO on Facebook. <laughs> so lo- I, that wouldn't, I mean whenever i hear stuff like people complain about stuff like that i'm like oh poor you you have to pay millions of dollars out of your billions of dollars to somebody boo <laughs> yeah and at the time first world problem exactly right? oh R- i call them rpps rich people <laughs> yes um you know at the end of so this movie came out you said 2010 right matt yeah Okay, and at the end of it, it said he's like the youngest billionaire that ever was made. Okay, that's 10 years ago. Like, how yeah. much money is this guy sitting on now, right? Lots. Lots. And I guess I guess it said that he had to pay um, the Winklevoss twins, what, $65 million, which mm-hmm. we haven't even really talked about them. Oh, let's, and honestly, let's talk about them. Honestly, though, <laughs> there's not a lot to say. I mean, I remember in the previews and stuff, like he was, you know, Army Hammer supposed to be like this big character in this movie. To me, kind of just a blip. 
kind of just like, I wouldn't say a footnote, but almost just like a, t- a point on the timeline of how Facebook got made. It was like, oh, and the kernel of I- the idea ended up being here and it was these guys. <laughs> and he's just going to take the, he's going to steal that idea and not return any phone calls or reply to emails for a while. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Before- I remember it seeming like he they were such a bigger part of the story, but Eh, yeah really but before we started recording today i was just looking around on youtube for interviews about the social network or whatever and i ended up finding this hour and a half long documentary i watched it last night oh did you i watched it last (laughs) night (laughs) so yeah i extra credit this yeah i watched this documentary and I i i wasn't able to watch all of it but I think that you're right, Nancy, and that they are just like plot points, they're blips, because there's something that Andrew Garfield said that kind of opened like opened up something much bigger for this movie for me, and that he he said that Mark and Eduardo are brothers. And so I started thinking about this movie as like a movie about sibling betrayal, which mm-hmm. made it even more interesting that yeah. we are going to talk yeah. about it on this podcast. Um, and it becomes just like thinking back on the movie, it becomes even richer that this is really a movie about two brothers who one of them fucks over the other and yeah. the fallout from that. And that's engaging, I think, to anyone, especially probably the four of us with siblings, but doing it on a scale of the betrayal is Facebook. Like, yeah. Well, it never says know. what his payout is. But I looked at yes. Oh, did, did you find it? Um, I couldn't find the exact amount, but he has 5%. He owns 5% of Facebook and Sean Parker like it's zero percent now they like agreed because i don't think like he could afford to pay taxes with that money <laughs> makes sense well a couple going so back he, to the he, Winkle his Boss. ownership has been restored to a five percent yeah uh-huh. so he, wow. he, he, he he's 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 loaded now oh yeah he's good i think they're friends again Singapore. i hope Oh, he's in Singapore? Apparently moved. So this is kind of a dirty story. Like he apparently moved to avoid paying taxes. Like he became like an expatriate. I think, I don't know if he moved to Brazil first or, but he ended up in in Singapore. Um, So he's not entirely a great character either in the long run. (laughs) Can I, can I just go on a a short little side tangent rant about Sean Parker? Um, Yes. Oh, let's talk about Sean Parker. I really hate his character in this movie and you're supposed to. Right. But a big part of it is, is I'm, I am not a fan of Justin Timberlake. What? And so it's really weird because I, I like Timberlake's performance in this movie because he makes Parker such a skis ball, but yeah, not a fan of Timberlake because I feel like he is he the whole Janet Jackson Justin Timberlake Super Bowl thing. Yeah. Janet Jackson's career was ruined. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he gets to just like still be I mean, he Justin ripped Timberlake. her clothes off and yeah. he gets to be Justin Timberlake and also 
in a lot of his interviews, I saw this like article where it was a collection of his interviews. He constantly has to talk about Britney Spears and how he like he beat out Britney Spears because she cheated on him oh, and won that narrative of like he was just the the poor soul who got screwed over. So there's these two women who have been like their careers have kind of been fucked over by Justin Timberlake and he still gets to do his thing. So I, mm. I find him a little skeevy. And so it works that he's Sean Parker, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just not, I have not a the biggest Timberlake story. film. So <laughs> rant over. <laughs> uh, Justin Timberlake. I think he got like, he started to act kind of like Sean Parker. He bought MySpace for, I think, $34 million in 2010. So right around when the social network came out and it just bombed. It was like right around the time where MySpace was dying. Mm -hmm. Like you can't resuscitate that. Like Facebook is number one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. They tried to, they tried to make it like a music site. Yeah. Cause bands were, that's how bands got popular. Like in the, oh, yeah. in the early and mid two thousands, it was like you made a MySpace page and you did all this crazy stuff with it. And then they, realize like maybe that's the next wave that like the new way to do it without even thinking like oh wait there's a whole nother world of digital music going on that you guys are going to be so far behind so why did you even try but um i find that really interesting zach how much how you felt about justin timberlake because i felt I don't really read all that other stuff, but as an entertainer and an actor, I actually liked Justin Timberlake more after watching this movie because I hated, hated how I hated NSYNC and how NSYNC and <gasps> their popularity, like, uh, like no destroyed MTV and all of that kind of stuff. Like oh. all of that was just terrible. <laughs> and then you better watch but, how she's, He's going to say bye, bye, bye to our bye -bye. episode right now. <laughs> it's going to be May. <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree with you about the sleaziness. And actually, my, my, my note that I have about, um, about Sean Parker, and then I got debunked by watching that documentary last night that you watched, was... Uh, I felt like there's no way in hell Sean Parker, as portrayed by Justin Timberlake, could be this cool, like be like this kind of suave in real life. I don't picture him at all like that in real life. And then, and then watching that documentary last night and they were talking about how they found that Sean Parker actually would get fitted Giorgio Marnie suits and then get his name stitched in them. I was like, oh, he actually does think he's this cool. <laughs> like, what the hell? Ew. But um, I thought, you oh, know, his boy. character, his character was like a really good conniving villain that was, he's like the friend that would come in and like ruin someone else's friendship. You know, it was, it was just... Mm -hmm. It, it was really just kind of interesting. And, and Eduardo, he's on it from the very beginning. He's, he, you know, he's like, I've read up on this guy and I don't know, you know, shoot, we can't really trust him. And then how paranoid he was and, and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was really interesting yeah. to kind of, kind of watch him as a character be like this, uh, you know, 
he really was the wedge that destroyed that whole thing. And, and, and I, sometimes I wonder how much, um, Mark even cared. Like at some point, I don't even think he cared how much it was, it was destroying his friendship. Go ahead, Nance. I don't necessarily think that Sean Parker is the reason I think he's the catalyst. Cause I think Mark Zuckerberg was already like on that path and Sean Parker was just like a bunch of fuel igniting the flame and making it go a lot faster. Cause yeah. I, I, cause Mark Zuckerberg was so, he was just so dazzled by the dollar signs that Sean Parker was offering him. He's like, you know, a billion dollars is really cool. I mean, who hears that at, I don't, I can't even remember how old Mark Zuckerberg supposedly was at that point. Couldn't have been more than like 21, 22. Right. Yeah, right. something around that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and to hear this guy who, you know, Mr. Mr. Napster, I mean, and, you know, granted, Sean Parker did help revolutionize how we all consume music. I'm not going to diss him on that. Um, I think we yeah. all, at one point, had some Napster downloads. <laughs> but, yeah. Not, not me, FBI <laughs> agent watching my... <laughs> iPad. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how to use the Napster or the the Lemon Wire. That's what it was called, right? Lime Wire. Lemon lemon wire. Lime Wire. <laughs> Guys, I know it was Lime Wire. I'm just trying to throw the FBI agent. Oh, come on. I have a I have a buddy that works for the Department of the Defense. He's listening to this all the time, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I find his, I found it very entertaining to watch the Seanathon. That I, that's not my favorite scene, but that whole like montage of that going on and the music and everything like that, that's so entertaining. And then, and then his whole like drop the the thing. Again, did not read the book, did not research this, but if he is actually the person who told him to do that and then he just did it, it just got kind of like you said, Nancy, maybe he wasn't the wedge. But he was the one like feeding the like, come on, man, you know, you want to move to California. Everything's <laughs> happening in California. <laughs> do you think do you think the TV show Silicon Valley would have ever been made if it weren't for this movie? Oh, no, oh. I love Silicon Valley. Do you That's guys like show. it? Yeah. yeah, I've watched about half of it. I'm I have a few seasons I still need to catch up on. But what I've watched, I love. Yes, Martin Starr is probably one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Love freaks and geeks. Yeah. No, I mean, just like that, that was it the first scene they show in social network of doing like them having the, the zip line attached to the chimney yes. and then sliding yep. into the pool. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was doing that long before sean parker showed up at his doorstep so again i just feel like he was gonna land in that direction so we don't live that sure. far from like the facebook campus we are oh really we're on the I'm other like, side of a bridge I'm, on, I'm like less than half an hour away i'm, yeah. pro- I'm closer than matt is it's yeah it's very much so what is that like for you guys because you live like by silicon valley by like all of these creators what is like everyday life for you or watching these businesses grow you know it's funny and and that's a really great question it's kind of been happening for so long that 
it's just kind of part of how everything is. I mean, Silicon Valley and how that blows up affects everything. It affects the, from the traffic down to how the economy is. And this is something that came up like rent. Pandemic. Yeah, rent. Oh, God. Like when the pandemic started, <laughs> I was still going to work. And I remember like how, like how good the traffic was getting to work. And then mm-hmm. like the first weekend I, um, I went on a hike and I was on like a hill that kind of looks over the whole Bay area. And I remember seeing how clear the sky was and how good the, and like how there was no smog because no one was driving. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about like, wow, wouldn't it be great if people just worked from home more because we can, mm-hmm. we obviously are doing it now. Wouldn't it be great if like, more people worked from home and all these companies that had all these huge campuses didn't need to have a huge campus. And I thought about it and I was like, that seems really great. But then I started seeing the repercussions of that. And like San Francisco, for example, they, they did a ballot measure years ago to try and encourage all these tech companies to, to leave the San Jose Silicon Valley area and come to San Francisco which totally changed San Francisco to where people couldn't afford to live there anymore. And the culture of San Francisco changed. Well, now, then when the pandemic hit, all the small restaurants, all the little businesses that helped kind of support all these big corporations, they couldn't, they couldn't survive. So I realized if those big corporations aren't there, all these small businesses are just going to suffer as well. And it became, and I got down like this whole, like crazy, like economic kind of aspect of it. So to answer your question, like how does it affect us? It affects us in ways that we don't even see because, you know, Silicon Valley started in the early to mid eighties really. And that's been like our whole lives. Mm -hmm. We don't remember a time before that. And Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as like knowing, like, I know people that work at some of these big companies and, you know, they live their, their life as their job, you know, a lot of times, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, I'm sure you guys know people like that as, as well, where, you know, oh, yeah. some of these big companies, they feel like they own you 24 seven and you get paid pretty well to do that, but at what cost? So, well, I mean, and, and if you're someone like, like I, I had one year, like one, exactly one year of working at a startup that had no money. And it was kind of like right next door to Silicon Valley. Like it was on the way. It was like the furthest South I've ever worked. Um, and they definitely had the mentality of um, we'll feed you every day. We'll, we, at one point we even had ping pong table. I feel like they wanted to get an air hockey table like just these goofy things and I'm like you guys don't make money you have no customers what are you guys doing (laughs) and I you know I was I was like an office admin or something like it was it was a horrible job it was like the worst job I've ever had was basically babysitting grown-ups and um I was so happy to leave um but I just could not adapt to this they want me to have they want to have access to me 
every day, all day long. If something comes up on a weekend, because we had people traveling back and forth to India and, you know, I had to help make travel arrangements and which I wasn't good at because I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, but just they had so much of that like Silicon Valley mentality. I was like, you guys are so full of shit. Like you guys don't even do it. And they're defunct. They're, they're done. Like they've been out of business, I think for a few years now, but it was, it was the closest I've ever gotten working near that industry. And I don't ever want to work there again. I, I wouldn't want to work in that kind of environment again, because I like boundaries. I like my space. Mm-hmm. I like knowing that I can shut off and not have to worry about getting emails at all hours yeah. of the night or on the weekend or have some emergency. Now, does that mean that I'm not a hard worker? No, I work my ass off. And there have been times that my current job has called upon me to put in 55 hour weeks consecutively for three months. Matt remembers just last year, (laughs) Um, you know, things happen. um, But I was compensated for it. And I felt okay with doing it because I understood the crisis that the the company I was working for was in. But that I, I knew that that was an isolated incident. And it wasn't my whole life. And as soon as that was done, I really was like, holy shit, I can't go through that again. (laughs) Like I need boundaries. But working for you know, these Silicon Valley companies, it's, I think it's really hard for people to establish certain boundaries and have work-life balance and not for me. When you mentioned the show Silicon Valley, um, it, (laughs) as much of it as it being kind of a parody, a lot of it is real. So as far as how people are. The incubators. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, There's incubators and all that. Yeah. (laughs) And 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 we're and even being just across the bay from from Palo Alto because we're on the east in the East Bay and Palo Alto is on on the peninsula. Just being across the bay, we have kind of a filter. You know, there's a buffer there. Whereas if, mm. if we, you know, people in Palo Alto, they they live and breathe some of this stuff. They also are benefiting from it. I mean, they they make good money, and you know, if that's what makes you happy, then I can't really argue with that. So. Haley, I gotta tell you, since I know you, since you said you like that show so much, mm-hmm. again, I haven't finished it, but so far, my favorite scene is when they bring on the fourteen-year-old to help them code, and he's all needs more Adderall, and then Ehrlich goes down and like is about to beat the shit out of him and threatens him and his kids because he gave he had like the wrong Adderall or something. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Matt? Yes. I know Ehrlich is like totally problematic and a horrible person and everything, but he's my least favorite character on that show. <laughs> <laughs> is that TJ Miller? Like, he... Yes. Yes. Oh, TJ Miller. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I met him. He's an interesting guy. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I've heard I've heard bad things about him. Yeah. <laughs> but but he was also part of one of my other favorite scenes, and it was when Martin Starr brought his like really crazy girlfriend over and Ehrlich kept trying to impress her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my favorite scene is Martin Starr is a Satanist in the movie, and it's just a running joke. And they brought Chick Fil A to one of their meetings. Oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> awesome. This is great. I'm having fun. Um, so Zach, you said that your favorite scene was the introduction. I think Matt, you said that was Sherry. What was your favorite scene, Matt? It's kind of a toss-up between that opening scene. I mean. It's funny. I could just start breaking this movie down and be like, well, my favorite scene is the opening scene. It's when they're doing the face mash. 
I love the scene. I love the Shaunathon scene. I love the the scene when they do when they're at the regatta and they play um, the Hall of the Mountain King, the the song when they ha- when they're supposed to be in London, but it was all filmed in like Beverly Hills. Um, that whole scene is is great. Um, I remember reading that when Trent Reznor was working on the soundtrack, he he and Atticus Ross were able to kind of whip out most of the music, you know, fairly quickly within like a couple weeks. They really kind of were able to get everything um, wrapped up, but except for the Hall of the Mountain King, their version of that. Um, they kept sending versions of it to David Fincher and he kept rejecting them. And they said they spent more time just working on that one piece that is only like two minutes of music in the entire movie than they did, you know, the, all the rest of the movie. I have to go back and listen to that. I don't, I can't picture it. It's one of the most, like when you hear it, it's one of those songs, like when you hear it, you're like, Oh yeah, that song. (laughs) So, um, so I really like that. David Fincher. (laughs) Right. So, but yeah, I just, um, probably that, you know, right now, if I'm watching it, watching that opening scene, like Zach was saying, like, that is like such a great, just the two people having dialogue across a table. And you guys see here, how many takes they did to that scene? How many? No. Haley? How many? 99 takes. Yep. Holy crap. Well, no wonder Mark Zuckerberg is so grouchy. He had to say those nasty words ninety nine times. Uh, apparently, that's that's pre- and 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 from the from the documentary and the other stuff that um, the, the little video that Zach had sent us, um, you know, that's pretty common for David Fincher. He he he's even said like 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 I'll you know after seven takes that was practice then we start and it's just and doing you know a hundred takes of someone just walking across a room he'll just continue doing that. And mm. I don't know. That would drive. Doesn't he just do rehearsal then? He just maybe that's his version of rehearsal. It's his mo. I'm not going to argue with well, him. That, he makes great movies. Yeah. <laughs> in that documentary, it showed his initial rehearsal process was instead of doing the like full scenes, he sits down. He sat down with Aaron Sorkin and the two actors, and he'd have the actors read it, and then he tore apart Aaron Sorkin's script. Yeah, he's like, I don't think they should say this, and so he he it seems like he's trying to get them to have everything just ingrained. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he kind of kind of at some point you got to go. Is this shifting from like being good directing to just kind of being mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, we were talking earlier about um, the the Winklevoss twins and Army Hammer and. Um, Josh Pence, who actually plays the other Winklevoss twin when Army Hammer's not playing him. And I had read years ago that if um, someone had asked David Fincher, if you would ever do anything differently in movies moving forward, what would you do? And he said, I will never film twins again, because especially I, he, I will never film identical twins again, because he has to do everything twice. So think about it. He does a hundred takes on something and then has to do it twice because he has to use the same actor twice. Uh, oh, I'll <laughs> film twins if they're two different people. Well, he had two different people play him, but then they have to, they but they put dots on the guy's face, on Josh Pence's face, 
And then they have Army Hammer do the same thing, and they put his face doing it on him. I mean, I mean, if he if he found identical twin actors and needed to fill the role with identical twins, yeah. But then you know, you can, how how many really good actors can you find that are identical twins? Oh, Matt, whatever. You know, you watched that Double Trouble show with me back in the eighties. What no. about the Parent Trap, Lindsay yeah. Lohan? Oh. <laughs> Never Mary saw Kate it. and Ashley Haley. need work. <laughs> Haley, what was your favorite scene? I, I question whether uh, the whether the Ashley whether the Olsen twins uh, look alike anymore. I really wonder if they do. Yeah, and their younger sister's getting all the credit now. So she's the best. I like her. Elizabeth Olsen. Yes. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene is uh, Ann Perkins. Uh, Rashida Jones. <laughs> I just like saying that. Um, I like what she says to him at the end. Uh, you are, you're not an asshole. You're just a guy trying to be an asshole. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I like that. It humanized him, like I said before. And I just like their interactions together. It was very uh, authentic. And you could tell that they had a respect for each other, even though they were in a deposition yeah 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 she's excellent so um i had asked you guys before we started recording because uh, i want to talk about david venture a little bit but um mm-hmm. i wanted you guys to think about what your favorite david venture movie is because i think that i'm having a hard time choosing between this and zodiac because I really, oh, really right. love Zodiac. I mean, I've probably watched that movie more times than this one because I like it. it may, a lot of it is because it takes place in the Bay Area. So I get to, it's like, oh yeah. And then I also like the fact that I, it creeps on my mom out only because I keep trying to get her to watch it. But she was the age of the people in the Zodiac at that time. So oh, she's yeah. like, totally like, I don't want to watch that movie. It's too real. So, which then again, it also, to me, it gives Fincher a lot of credit. What are some of your guys' favorite David Fincher movies? Or what is your favorite David Fincher movie? If, if it is or is not this one, it's okay. Nancy. Uh, oh, I think it depends on food. I mean, because he's done so many different kinds of things. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to give you an answer, Matt. Um, I, I really like Gone Girl a lot. Um, I like Zodiac. You really kind of brought me into the Zodiac cult. Um, the, um, I like Fight Club. I like the game. I like this. I mean, I, I like Seven. And I like House of Cards. I mean, there's not much he's done that I don't like. I will say my least favorite is Benjamin Button. Not my favorite David. I think a three-hour-long movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I like all... I like everything this guy does so sorry i'm not gonna give you an answer that was a good cop-out answer (laughs) (laughs) how about you Haley? um my favorite is seven i really like it i like fight club it's fun to watch but at the end of the day i really enjoyed the uh, story of seven but you and Zachary probably just became best friends because Zodiac is one of his favorite movies. It's yeah, Zodiac's movie. in my top five. Uh, it's my number five film. Um, it, I mean, I think that's a underappreciated film. I think it 
the cast is amazing. I think it's pretty much a perfect movie in the way it's executed because it's the story is pretty simple and it's almost feels slow. But I think you said with social network like this, I, I can't remember who said it. Like it's it's always very interesting. I'm never bored when I'm watching Zodiac. Never. Just how well that movie is done. So um, I. And with Haley, I think a close second is seven. I I think that that's a good movie, and it drifts like that's a horror mm-hmm. movie almost. It is. Yeah, but I, I think but I think Zodiac is. We won't we won't talk about I Alien. Know, I 3. love Zodiac. <laughs> we won't talk about <laughs> Alien Three. I've I've listened to your episode about Alien and. We'll just, we'll, I'll just say we will humbly agree to disagree. <laughs> I haven't seen Alien 3 yet. I'm, 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 new, to, I'm new to the Alien universe. Last year was my first experience watching Alien, and then we watched Aliens over the summer. So I have nice. several more Alien movies ahead of me. I find I, I have not seen Alien 3, but oh, okay. I do watch this. Uh, video essay series like the one that I sent you guys, the Every Frame of Painting. Mm-hmm. There's this guy who does one called The Unloved, where he finds movies that are very important to him that critics or audiences or anyone hated, and he just uh-huh. spends time talking about them. A very great series. And one of the ones he did was on Alien 3, and he's like, this is a very flawed movie, but here's why I like it. And I'll, have, I'll have to check that out, I, because I really like that movie. Yeah. All right. Um, does, is there anything else? I've gone through my list. The only other note I have here is one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, when they are um, they had just launched Facebook, and um, or the Facebook, and um Devinder is just discovering it because someone has it on their laptop and she goes uh someone just sent me the same link like a hundred times and I'm really hoping it's cats that look like Hitler because I can never get enough of that and I love that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me laugh cats that, cats that look like Hitler that's look it up people it's hilarious <laughs> I will say I think Devinder was a great character too he had very yeah. small role but I feel like he reacted the way that the audience would react like if any of us were in his position i think we all would have responded the exact same way like someone swooping in and basically stealing your idea i mean and and again like i have to just continue to point out all the pettiness that was mark zuckerberg in this movie i mean even i guess when he um he wrote about the site in like the crimson paper or something. Right. And he like quoted, like used the quotes that they said to him, like, Oh, yeah. I'm doing this to rehabilitate my image. And you know, just all these things that were like a, such a deliberate, like poke in the eye to those guys. And yeah. it just, and the fact like he held on to things like, well, we invited you over to the house. It's like, you let me in the bike room. Yeah. And just, <laughs> he just couldn't let, he couldn't let it go that other people were more popular than him or were, allowed to enter certain levels of society that he wasn't being invited to and it just Devinder Devinder starts off one of my favorite lines in the movie where 
when they're talking about what to do to Mark. And he goes, I want to hire the Sopranos to beat the shit out of him. And then, and then Army <laughs> yes, Hammer goes, yes. goes, we don't need to. I'm six foot five, 220, and there's two of me. <laughs> you know what? As, yeah, as soon as he said he was six foot five, I went on IMDb to, to verify. I'm like, oh, yep, that's what they say. <laughs> so that's why Army I, Hammer was brought on. Go ahead. I, I did love there, there's two little, I guess, I don't know if you call them cameos, but just interesting, like casting things, one in front of and then one behind the camera. So um, one of Mark's friends, um, I, I don't remember his name, but it's one of the guys who goes with him to California. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. It's the kid from yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. yeah. Which I love that. And then um, that same that same sorry to interrupt, but that same kid ended up playing the bass player in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I didn't know that he was still doing movies. I thought he had just done the Jurassic Park thing. So that was cool. And then um, there's the line where they say, you know, they're. Mark Zuckerberg is so popular, even though we've got like this laureate and all these different people and they go, even a Hollywood actor on campus. And it's, it's revealed, I guess, in behind the scenes stuff that the Hollywood actor is Natalie Portman. Right. Um, And because she, while they were doing filming for the movie, she set up a dinner for like David Fincher or Aaron Sorkin, one of the two, so that they could hear what life on Harvard was like from actual Harvard students. Nice. So Natalie Portman had like a, a slight, um, some, some assistance in the, the making of this. Nice. If just slight. Nice. Well, <clears throat> I think it was in that documentary that you and I both watched. They talk about how there's a scene when they're doing the face smash scene there's two guys that they're like they did all these like shots of people looking at face mash right Mm -hmm. from like through windows and stuff and one of the ones there's there's two guys talking and they gave those guys lines and the lines were oh the one on the left is the prettier one and they're like well of course she is that's natalie portman (laughs) you know like (laughs) like to make it like she was one of the ones in in face mash Mm -hmm. so um stuff such a good movie yes it is anything else anyone wants to add um my favorite quote from the movie was by sean parker it's i'm ceo bitch (laughs) (laughs) yep and he that on your business business cards yeah (laughs) i wonder if he ever regretted doing that i don't know (laughs) or if he actually really did do it I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, this is a dramatization of mm-hmm. actual events. So I would I keep if... that business card. That oh, would catch man. my eye. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about social media and everything and how it's influenced us. And and um, I just wanted to say, if you know, just to kind of wrap things up, is that, you know, one of the reasons why I never got on Instagram was because I didn't want to have another thing to look at. And then 
it just became necessary when trying to have a podcast. And I also never wanted to get on it because Facebook owned it. And then I was like, just giving Facebook more information. I got to hand it to Instagram and Facebook and all them, because um, if it wasn't for that, this may have never happened. So I really want to thank you guys for joining us for this episode, because it was a lot of fun to talk to you guys. You know, this movie, I mean, Hey, this is how the whole social networking thing happens, right? <laughs> you know, and and uh, um, I thought it was a lot. Of, I thought this was a lot of fun. So I want to thank you guys for for joining us. I agree. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you guys for having us on. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. We're gonna have to have you guys on our podcast as well. We can. Uh... I don't know if you're aware, but we also talk about movies. Oh, yeah. Um, so it might be, there might be some synergy in that we can, I don't know. <laughs> that might be kind of cool. I mean, I like, yeah. I like, I, I, I dig movies. They're cool. I mean, I see, I used to go to them, but for some, there's this thing going on outside where we can't go outside and do stuff. I don't know. Well, it's probably not that big of a deal, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, killing. <laughs> killing thousands and thousands of people or anything it's, it's over, 10, over 10 million now in the united states oh my gosh infected not not dead. Not infected. dead. Infected. infected oh infected <laughs> so it's only getting worse here well you know we should just start letting people go outside and do stuff because you know that won't make the numbers go up or anything oh wait they did so you know i yeah. you know i just want to you know i hope everyone I, is being safe. That's all we ask is try and be safe. Watch a lot of movies. That will keep you entertained while you're isolating. <laughs> Hell yes. And then listen and then listen to two really good podcasts about movies after you watch the movie. <laughs> because A, we do spoil them. Sorry. Sorry, internet. But sometimes just just having a nice kind of talk with your sibling about movies, you know helps pass that time and helps you forget about, you know, crazy elections or terrible viruses or hatred around the world. <laughs> unless you're just, unless you're watching a movie about hatred around the world, then you might think about it. So anyway, well, thank you guys so much for having us on. This was a lot of fun. I'm you're welcome. Always game to talk movies. So I have a feeling this won't be the last time. So. Agreed. No. Agreed. <laughs> so once again, thank you, Zach and Haley. Their podcast is Laughing at Ourselves. And you can find it just by searching for that on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. So give them a try. <laughs> and um, we, we, enter, we enjoy it. So you guys should check it out. And uh, Nancy, thank you again for all your for your wonderful co-hosting you're welcome <clears throat> i'm glad that we only had one movie this time because then we didn't really have to argue with each other uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i don't know if it's being the brother or being the younger sibling that that sparks that more but you know we'll let zach and Haley decide <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can do like a joint therapy session and figure it out one of these days <laughs> exactly all right well again thank you everybody for listening my name is matthew my name is nancy and i'm Haley. Been, 
<laughs> and that's Zach. He's right there. He's in my. Cor- he's in the corner of the screen. Zach, say your name. <laughs> I'm fighting over the VHS now. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait! I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, to to our listeners. If you haven't figured this out yet, and you can when you listen to their podcast, Zach and Haley are a little bit younger than us. So I wanted to ask you guys, did you own a VCR? Yes, I did. Okay. But did you really watch it much or were you more like watching um, DVDs or like oh. laser discs or something? I, I don't think no one was, watched no one watched laser Jim- discs. <laughs> I watched Jim Carrey's The Mask so many times that they had to get me a new VHS tape. All right. So, there you go. All right. All right. It was like large Disney, you know, the huge plastic yes. cases of, of the VHS. We had a bunch of those. We didn't get DVD, a DVD player for a while. So very familiar with uh, right. with the VHS. All right. You guys are making us feel good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> again this has been fighting over the vcr thank you very much everybody thank you